Welcome to the Time Variance Authority. I'm Miss Minutes, and it's my job to catch you up before you stand trial for your crimes. So, settle in. Now, hang on just a minute. And we'll get you in front of a judge in no time. <laughs> Who actually believes this crap? Sir, I'm gonna use your ticket. No. Thanks for visiting the TVA. Don't hesitate to let us know how we're doing. What do you want from me? You put our timeline in chaos. I want you to help us fix it. What could possibly go wrong? Trusting Lokeep is not a good idea. Do I get a weapon? Gear up. Oh, don't those Absolutely feel good? not. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. This week we've got a special episode in that we are talking about the first two episodes of Marvel's Loki, which premiered this week on Disney+. Plus. It's nice to have screener access. <laughs> but then we have to wait double the length of time to get the new episode. You know, we gotta wait like two weeks, three weeks for the next one. Also, we're going to be kind of talking about two episodes, right? Because we are yeah. not allowed to talk about, fully talk about episode two. So, yeah. So we're recording on a Tuesday night. So for us, it premieres tomorrow. Having seen both episodes, all three of us, we don't want to give anything away for the second episode, which airs next week. We'll, we'll be going into more general stuff for the second episode um, and maybe not talk too much about it we don't want to give anything away one more disclaimer is that i think normally we will you know we've seen both episodes and you guys have seen both episodes and we'll just kind of free flow back between both of them we're going to try our best to do is separate this discussion into two parts so that we'll like go kind of full spoiler on that first episode and then we'll kind of say hey we're going to move on to the second episode where we'll be a little bit more general but so you guys kind of have a delineation in case you really don't want to know anything that's going to happen in the second episode, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start. I absolutely love these first two episodes of Loki. It seems like with every Marvel series, even though like they don't have the benefit of being able to release one of these and then seeing what succeeds and then and, and reworking other shows. But it does seem like with every show that they're releasing, they have been getting a little bit better in certain aspects maybe not all aspects but i think out of all the series i might like this one the most but at the same time i will say that i think i still liked wandavision's first episode more really interesting i think for me there's no question that this is my favorite of the three but go on you finish your thoughts when i say that i think i'm going to like this series more than the other two is because i'm already kind of projecting that hopefully what we see in the first two episodes will kind of stay true and this is um another one where it's only six episodes long versus i think the wandavision was eight i mean after watching these first two episodes there's really only four more after this uh hopefully it will stay with the same tone and the same feel i think in the first two episodes and if it does hopefully i think that'll lead to potentially a better series uh, because I do believe that WandaVision does fall off pretty close to the end or the second half. Um, but I still do think that I really love that first episode more than this first episode. Because I think that first episode was just so... I'm talking about WandaVision was so quirky and so fun and so different. Where I think this one falls under still the category of like quirky and fun. But more in line with 
MCU still. Yeah, for sure. Well, what did you think, Amir? Yeah, I think I kind of agree with Derek. Tell me if I'm wrong here, Derek. But I think that first episode of WandaVision had a lot of promise that maybe wasn't fulfilled. Yes. But we were kind of hoping for like, oh, this is going to be like an MCU show that's going to like truly do something different. And it, it sort of didn't really. It kind of pretended like it was going to, and then it made a sharp left turn and swerved back towards normal MCU stuff. But I could see why going into it, you'd really enjoy that first episode of WandaVision if you thought it was going to do something different and you wanted something different from the MCU. But as far as enjoyment, I do think I actually enjoyed this the most. Mm-hmm. It's like similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's just like more MCU stuff. If you like that, you like this. If you don't, yeah. Don't. But I think it's done better. I totally agree. It's just more TV MCU stuff, but done better. This is, I think, the, so far the best of these new shows. Mm-hmm. I still think there's some like adjacent Marvel TV stuff that's better. Like I still think the the old uh, Netflix Daredevil show and Punisher were definitely better, but. As far as like this newest set of three shows, WandaVision, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and this one, so far, two episodes in, I'm liking this one the most. It doesn't have what those two other shows had, which is like a B-plot that I just don't really like, or that doesn't seem to fully work. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't have, it doesn't have that. Yet. We'll see. Yet. <laughs> Yet. So yeah, what did you think, Jeff? I think to build upon what Amir is saying, like with the B-plot, I think... Both Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision were very, very strong. I really liked the opening episodes. But right off the bat with those two shows, there were red flags like right in my face where I was like, there's stuff that I'm concerned about. And I was rightfully concerned about because those things ended up dragging the shows down. And then I didn't get any of that with this. So I think hmm. we're already in a totally new category or territory with this where I just feel lighter and not as concerned about the show as I was with WandaVision and, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So like if you want to go into specifics, like WandaVision, I loved the first episode. I thought it was really great. Uh I really admired what they did with like the sitcom stuff. And what kind of bothered me about it was that I didn't think it actually captured the spirit of those sitcoms. I don't think the humor actually landed. And then I was really worried about like how it was going to integrate into the reality of the MCU versus what Wanda created in uh, in her town, right? And I was right to do that because the sword storyline sucked. It was terrible. I think mm-hmm. it really dragged down the whole show. And then for Falcon and the Winter Soldier... I was a little worried about how it was going to tackle all its like weighty themes with race and politics. And I was especially worried about the Flag Smashers and how they were going to put forth their ideology and make it all make sense. And in the end, both those things kind of fell flat. I thought Sam's speech in Falcon and the Winter Soldier was really heavy-handed, and, and the Flag Smashers definitely didn't come together on that show either. Those are the things that I felt like right away watching those two shows. But like here, I didn't feel any of that. The show's it's just Loki and Mobius solving time crimes. I love that shit. It's not trying to be something loftier than it actually is. And I think it commits to that. And I think it's fantastic. And I think the production design is fantastic. Everything is great. I, I, I just really like this and, and just felt cleaner. Okay. Well, I guess one thing I would contest with is that statement of, 
well, like you don't have any concerns. And I think you already are starting to hint at what my concern is for the beginning of this series is that, and, and hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We got to see that WandaVision was really about grief, mm-hmm. um, right? Her dealing with grief, uh, with the death of Vision and then the loss of her kids. And I think it does have this great moment. You know, I, we talked about the series finale of that show not being the greatest, but it does have a great moment, right? At the end where she loses Vision, she loses her kids. I still think that's a great moment. You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier being a show about race, right? And being black superhero in America. And, you know, there's great moments with uh, Sam and the Isaiah Bradley character, right? Like, I think that show is uneven as it was, still had great moments. I'm not saying that Loki won't have great moments. I am concerned that it will have nothing to say, though. And maybe not all shows need to, but I really do like that these first two shows that we've gotten had larger overarching themes and i'm afraid that this show won't have that just because it does seem like it is like this time caper with loki and mobius okay well counterpoint here because i think the show loki i think is gonna be about loki and it's gonna be talking about like who actually is loki you know like Mm -hmm. and we're not tackling like larger themes here maybe but i do think it's just as compelling to dive into this character. I think we'll get into this later, but I think Loki as a character is great, but he's been very inconsistently written throughout his appearances in the MCU. And I think this is a great job, at least in the first two episodes, of like combining all the aspects of the character that we've seen that haven't been very consistent and telling a story with it and trying to make the character more of like a cohesive whole. And I don't know if I really want my Marvel shows to try and tackle grief and race and politics, because I think in the end, the two shows that came before this show that it doesn't really have the narrative economy to do so, right? Like, if I want to watch something about grief, I'll watch The Leftovers. If I want to watch something about race, I'll watch, I don't know, The Five Bloods or something, you know? Like, I don't -hmm. don't need my Marvel shows to do that. But I mean, to each their own. I, I do get where you're coming from. Yeah, I think I'm a little between you guys on that. Where like, I, I get where you're coming from, Dick, where like, you know, I don't know, it, it's nice to see the shows have something else to say and have some ambition and like take a big swing at things, even if they fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I do appreciate that. And like, I do think that even having little glimpses of commentary about grief and race can be good and interesting for people who maybe would never go watch The Leftovers or don't want to see The Five Bloods or whatever. Like, people who aren't gonna ever reach out and see those other things. At least they're getting a little taste of those things in their Marvel. I don't know. It's not a ton. It's not great, but it's it's something. Better than nothing, I guess. The old college try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, but I agree with you in that ultimately they don't have the space to do that, so maybe they just shouldn't try since they probably can't do it well. I don't know. But I've always appreciated that Marvel's always at least tried, and I think sometimes succeeds in being like, it's Marvel, but it's also this, right? It's like, it's Marvel, but it's a spy thriller. It's Marvel, but it's the time heist. It's Marvel, but it's, you know, a space opera comedy thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's always tried its hand. And like you said, it doesn't always succeed. And I do appreciate that it was like, it's, it's Scarlet Wish, but it's about grief, right? It's, you know, Sam Wilson and, and being a black superhero, right? Like, I do appreciate those. And like, maybe this is like Loki and like finding oneself or something like that. Maybe that's the overarching theme. And and that's what we're going to get at the end of this. But my fear is that we might not get that, right? Or we might not get something that's bigger than just Loki. 
But maybe at the end of it, I won't care. Maybe at the end of it, it'll be like, whatever, this was super fun, super awesome. And maybe I'm ranting too early, prematurely. Let's actually get into this first episode, right? This first episode is very much like bottle episode. It's very contained within the TVA, right? Yeah. And I think that's the right place for this episode to begin because... Can you really call it a bottle episode? Because the TVA is massive. But that's I, true. I, I, get, I get what you mean. It's like a single location. Yeah, like it doesn't really jump too far outside of really remaining within the TVA facility. But you're right. It is just like... I mean, it spans all of time, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that was the right choice, right? Because there's so much to learn about this one organization. I think it was right for us to kind of stay within these kind of walls, these confines. Mm-hmm. We meet so many new characters. Uh, we learn this idea of time streams. We learn about multiverses. The multiverses. We learn about uh, the different kind of tiers of people that work at the TVA. So like, I don't mm-hmm. know where you guys want to start. Like, what was the most interesting thing for you guys? So the most interesting thing for me was that I was afraid because Loki dies in Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or he dies in uh, Infinity War. Infinity right? War. And I was worried that his resurrection was going to feel cheap and it didn't feel that way at all and i think his resurrection was really well done i mean we saw it in endgame right he steals the tesseract during the avengers time heist to defeat thanos right and and he absconds with the tesseract and basically the show just picks up where uh, we left off with that scene where he's immediately apprehended by the TVA, which is like the time variance authority. And I I thought that was, that was pretty funny. You know, I was a little worried with the CGI in the first scene for some reason. It looked bad, right? It looked really bad. The rest of the the, episode looked... slow-mo where she gets hit in the face? Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. Not, not that. I thought that looked great, but like, I thought the portal opening looked really bad you know where he's in mongolia and he's apprehended at first i thought that looked bad and i don't know why it looked bad because the rest of the episode looks fantastic maybe because it's brightly lit and it's outside i don't know it just looked obviously cg i was like "Uh uh-oh and then my worries never came to be because because the rest of the episode looked great yeah his resurrection never felt cheap i really liked what they did with that and I think it's fascinating that they plucked him out of, I mean, it's obvious from the scene, but like they plucked him out of 2012, right? So there's a whole chunk of his like character development that is missing. He doesn't go on the journey of like Thor, the Dark World or Thor Ragnarok or the events of Infinity War, you know? And I think that's an interesting space for that character to be in. And I think they utilize that really well. I think we'll get into that later, but. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not there, but... I like that it's not the same Loki that we've been seeing all these years, right? It it almost is like this hard reset, right, Uh, of Mm -hmm. Loki. But I think you said something about it, like, not feeling cheap. I I felt that it was a little cheap when we had the scene where he, like, sees all the events of what happens to that Loki. And he, like, feels all those things without really experiencing them. I love that. I thought that was the strongest scene of the first episode. I think it's a strong scene for like Tom Hiddleston. Like I think it's it's the right thing to do, right? To show him the death of his mother and like even kind of bring up the idea that he's to blame for it, right? And then, you know, showing him his actual death. I don't know. It, it's, it is kind of weird 
the way I think he acts afterwards, it almost seems like he's a changed person for it, but he's not the same person that actually went through those trials and tribulations, right? For sure. I felt that was a little cheap for me. Interesting. So you think, you think they're skipping a couple steps? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're trying to say, oh, Loki was never really what we thought he was even then. Yeah. And so, like, we're not skipping a step. This is just always the guy he was. Maybe it's a little bit of a retcon, but I think they're trying to say, oh, yeah, all that evil villain stuff was always a bit of a bit of bluster to cover for his, I don't know, insecurity or whatever the hell they're going to say. Which, like, I don't know if I fully buy it, but whatever. It's fine. Let's, let, let's see what they do with it. I will say that, like, my favorite scene is actually when he admits out loud, like, saying, like, hey, I don't want to hurt people, right? Like, that's not who I am. I thought Hiddleston was great in that scene. So, I mean, I do agree with you that some of that stuff, Jeff, is the best stuff in this first episode. Tom Hiddleston's just great in this all around. He's he's really good. But yeah, I, w- I want to get back to what I mentioned a little bit earlier, where I just said that Loki's like a fan favorite character, right? Like, everybody loves him, but he is the most inconsistently written character, I think, or villain, at least, because I think people want him to be like, Oh, you never know what he's going to do. He's unpredictable. He's really mercurial in like what he does. Is he a villain? Is he like the god of mischief? Is he like an anti-villain? You don't know. But the issue is that they never really lean into his agent of chaos type persona. And it's always having him fit the role that the movie he's in needs him to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then they retcon things with him. When we first saw the Avengers movie... I was like, well, he's fucking evil. He wants to conquer Midgard or whatever with with the Chitauri. But then, like, later, it's like, oh, no, he was under the influence of the Mind Stone. And, like, all the directors came out and, like, tried to shoo that away because, like, oh, he's grown in, like, Thor the Dark World and Thor Ragnarok. And they don't want to, like, make him seem he was in complete control when he was committing fucking genocide or whatever, you know? I don't know. He's just not that consistently written. And... I think this show is definitely trying to fix it, and I think it's mostly successful. I think he wears a lot of the different hats on this show, and they try to make him like a cohesive whole. And so far, I'm kind of buying it. I, I do like it. I, I think I think it just benefits from having the spotlight completely on Loki that really fleshes him him out. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what you guys what you guys think. I mean, I think that they're fixing their old retcons with further retcons, right? Right, like, I, right. I, like, we never really had the sense before this that Loki was so much deeper than this villainous guy who was out to conquer Midgard. Like, yes, he's allied with Thor and the Avengers and whatever temporarily, but you never got the sense that he was, I don't know, insincere in his villainy, which is, I think, what they're trying to get across mm-hmm. to you here, that there's, that there's something else in, oh, no, he didn't ever really want to Midgard, or if he did, it wasn't for the reasons of pure conquest. I don't know. It's sort of odd. Yeah, because it does seem like in the past he wanted to rule Midgard as a way to like prove to like Odin or his to brother, Odin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he could do it, but then this one kind of makes it seem like oh, he wants to do it because he thinks it's the best for the people. And so, like, yeah, there's there is that little like rewriting of things that I. I so I don't think so. I think they cut that directly from the first Avengers movie, right? The whole thing, like, oh, free will is like bad for you or whatever, right? But like, that's clearly a self justification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's a way of him saying, oh, yeah, I'm actually doing this for a better reason. But that's a lie, right? He's not doing it for that reason either. 
right? Eventually, the reason the show gets to is that, oh, he's doing it out of his, you know, sort of insecurities. There's no greater altruistic motivation behind it. Yeah, that's true. So, so I don't think they're trying to retcon that. I think we were always supposed to understand that his whole freedom thing was a thin justification for his desire to rule. And like what they're saying now is that, oh, this desire to rule is coming from his like, I don't know, psychological insecurity or, or whatever, which I think you could have always assumed, A, I mean, they hammer that, that pretty hard even in the first door with him not really being Odin's son and whatever, being a half-frost giant and, you know, he didn't belong. And so then, I, I don't know, it, it, it actually kind of seems like a fairly straight through line. I just don't know if I care that he was evil because of insecurities. Like, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. You, you were still a villain. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't know if it's a particularly interesting sort of redemption. Like, I don't know. Unlike you, Jeff, I was never like, oh, this character doesn't like fit together fully. I hope they like fix it. Like, it, it just never would have crossed my mind. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that I, th- I've thought about. It's not like something that I dwell upon, you know? Like, it's just, it's a comic book movie. It's a half formed arc for the character and, it's it's fine. I'm not particularly like hung up on how he's been characterized, but but getting into the show, I think the show does a great job of adding a little depth to the character. I think he plays off of Owen Wilson very nicely, who plays yes. Mobius, right? He's I want to say like the straight man to to Loki's god of mischief, I guess. Kind of reminds me of that show White Collar on USA, you know, because like you got Absolutely. like the. <laughs> You got like the thief and like the the trickster character, and then he's like forced into indentured servitude to like like a police officer. I mean, here it's like the time cops, right? So I think that's just a very familiar dynamic to me, and I I, I really enjoy that. What do you guys think of Owen Wilson overall in this? Do you like him in this? Oh, I I really like Owen Wilson. I think if you're gonna have someone who is kind of a uh, a fast talking, kind of think on his feet guy to counteract. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson is definitely up there that I think you can kind of go toe-to-toe with him. Uh, I think there is a charm to Owen Wilson's character that is mysterious, but also something that is um, authoritative. Mm-hmm. And I I like that from Owen Wilson. Because, I, I, you know, I've always seen Owen Wilson as like, like he always kind of plays characters that try to sleaze his way out of things, right? Like he's always just kind of the constant grifter. And that's kind of like the Tom Hiddleston character is always as Loki. Now, like, Owen Wilson kind of plays the character opposite of that. But it's it's interesting because it's Owen Wilson. So, like, I think of him as the person that knows exactly that character. So he knows how to play against that character. It works here. I think, like, the mannerisms are a very Owen Wilson-type character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's very in his wheelhouse here. But that's fine. I think it's perfect for him. And the two together are great. Yeah, it feels very natural. They have some great back and forth in, in this episode. It gets better as it goes along. I, th- I think oh, they yeah, yeah, for try sure. a little too hard at first, and then it, they kind of they settle into a good groove late in this one and maybe in the, in the next episode, too, which we're not talking about yet. But it feels like the banter gets a little better as they go on. Do we want to talk a little bit about Uni Musaku's characters and Gugu Mbathra's character? Mm-hmm. Both playing, I guess, uh, different agents for the TVA. Gugu Mbathra playing, I think, is she's kind of someone who's like a, a judge right yeah she's like a tva bureaucrat slash yeah. arbiter and wami masaku's she just plays a 
a fellow like agent. An officer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her, I think her, her name is like Hunter B-15. Yes. So, Gugum Balthara's character is uh, Ravona Lexis Renslayer. <laughs> yeah, I read that. Yeah, so she's a guy. I'd never heard of her, but she's a character from 1965. She's a Stanley original. Yeah. Um, I guess she's like a King of the Conqueror character or something. I believe she's a love interest to King of the Conqueror. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, we also know that King the Conqueror is coming to the next Ant-Man movie. So, that's very interesting that yeah, these two Quantumania. characters now... Yeah, these two characters now exist or are going to exist in the MCU. Um, and the fact that both have a lot to do with time, right? TV has everything to do with time. And A lot of people are saying that Kang the Conqueror is going to show up, but that would be awesome. I don't know if you can get away with having a major character. Ah, I guess they already did with Monica Rambeau, right? <laughs> um, they did. Like, this is a little bit of a rant. This is a little hypocritical of, like, Marvel to say, like, they've always kind of said, like, oh, these shows are not required. Like, you don't need to watch them. Yeah. And, like, I, I call a little bit of bullshit on that because, like, I mean, you you introduced a main character that's going to be in, like, you know, the the Marvels movie, right? Or what is it called? It's called The Marvels, yeah. The Marvels, right? Yeah. The Marvels, uh, yeah. Which is supposed to be the Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel 2. two uh, yeah, Captain Marvel 2, basically. So, I, I don't know. But, yeah, so maybe maybe we will see. I don't know how they expect you to understand uh, Monica Rambeau's character if uh, you didn't watch WandaVision. So, clearly fucking lied to you, but whatever. I don't know. <laughs> they'll, they'll catch you. Then there's not that much to know. There's actually nothing to know because her shit was so poorly drawn. Exactly. This is the daughter of the character from the first Captain Marvel movie. That's all you need. If you liked her, you can go back and watch this TV show she was in for a little bit. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's that difficult. It's not like... And she got but powers. Then the difficult part, well, yeah, but the, then the difficult part is like, wait, okay, yeah, I remember that kid, but she didn't have powers. How did she get powers? And then, then it becomes almost required, a little bit required. Does it? I don't know. You're watching a Marvel movie. People are going to have powers. Like... <laughs> Yeah, you watch WandaVision and then, oh, so the explanation is she gets it from, like, a, an exploding attic or whatever, okay? <laughs> Which isn't really well explained either, so it's it's fine, whatever. I mean, I guess the better example also would be Falcon the Winter Soldier. I mean, there's a new Captain America by the end of it, right? Like, I mean, I guess that needs a little of explanation. Well, I, I mean, know. who just ends up <laughs> right where Endgame left off? Cap passed off the shield and then he picked That's it up, true. right? <laughs> and then he just becomes, yeah, maybe he's just like, all right, I'll be Captain America. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what? It is not required. Stop watching these shows. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't watch them for that reason. Like, watch them. Watch them if you like them. But don't no, watch them. Yeah, go, I'm oh, just God. joking. I'm just joking. I have to like, I have to like catch up on the continuity between these Marvel movies. Like, I'm pretty sure that any adult who's watching these Marvel movies can walk into one and like pretty much figure out what's going on. Yeah. And if you can't, you shouldn't be watching the Marvel. Like, if you're going <laughs> to be like. Like, if you're going to be, like, nitpicking about, like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Who is this? Why, why are there people flying? Why do they have powers? Like, okay. If you're on that level, like, you, someone dragged you to the movie and I'm sorry. Right? Like- <laughs> exactly. I, I, I do agree. But, I mean, like, fuck Isaiah Bradley, right? Who needs him? <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about the big reveal at the end of the first episode. Mm-hmm. We are introduced to, I love this name, Mobius M. Mobius, the, the character played by Owen Wilson. Uh, very early in the show, he's investigating this basically crime scene where a bunch of his agents have been murdered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that that's really one of the only places that we go that it's not the TVA uh, at very early in the episode. And then by the end of the episode, it is revealed that the person that he is hunting, the variant that he is trying to catch, 
is another version of Loki. Right. So we see this hooded character at, at some point at the, in the first episode also, and that that person also uh, murders a, a couple other agents in like a field. So I guess first question is, at the very beginning of the episode when they mentioned like, oh, they're hunting someone, did you ever think it was it was Loki? No, I didn't, and I liked I the reveal. I did not. Um, I, 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 really li- I really liked the reveal because like normally they do that thing where it's like, oh, let's recruit the villain. He's the only one who can help us hunt this other villain. And, like, usually it doesn't make that much sense, but, like, it kind of makes sense that you need Loki to catch Loki. Like, I get that. That that, that kind of makes sense. It's cute. Like, sure. Like, you know what? That, that's a nice little twist. It's a nice workaround for the plot hole of why the fuck would you ever recruit Loki? Like, he's so untrustworthy, you know? And, like, even Owen Wilson, like, hangs a lampshade on it. You stab, like, 50 people in the back. And then Loki's like, I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a nice workaround for that, because who, who like Amir said, like who better to catch Loki than Loki himself? Although I am a little confused as to the mechanics of the variants and like the... Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, offenders of like breaking the timeline and stuff. So like the TVA, what they do is they prune the timeline, right? So if anyone uses time travel or magic or anything to be where they're not supposed to be, they reset that timeline and erase the variant person or offender. And if you let a new path grow too much, then it gives birth to a multiverse. So how did things get so out of control that you have a Loki variant in the first place? Well, also, how do you have one that is roaming freely for right. so long without causing a rift, right? Or without causing like a red line event. But he wasn't roaming free. They caught him immediately. No, no, but we're talking no, about not, the second we're, one, we're, right? Oh, we're, we're talking oh, about the, the second okay, Loki, yeah. right? Where did this villain one come yeah, from? Yeah, this villain Loki that we're hunting, right? Like, I won't give away the, the reveal of the second episode, but once they reveal that, it makes even less sense because how does it deviate that far without the TVA getting involved in, like, nipping that in the bud, right? Because they're supposed to prune these deviant timelines yeah. as soon as they occur. So I'm, I'm sure they'll explain it. We're only two episodes in, so I'm, I'm not calling bullshit just yet, but, like, I am a little confused as to where this variant came from. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's possible that if you leave your branch and, like, hop into a different timeline, then I think they care about the variant, but they also care about the time branch order, right? So, like, I feel mm-hmm. like if you hop out of your dying time branch, then they care less about you, and you're also harder to track. That's my guess. I don't know. Mm. I don't really know how this, how, how this works. Supposedly, yeah. part of what they're trying to do with the show is clean up the whole time travel thing that had people confused in the Avengers Endgame, uh, Endgame movie. Well, they're not doing a very good job. I mean, if you're going to get a little nitpicky, I mean, Endgame, the biggest thing is that they were supposed to return all the artifacts that they had lost or stolen or taken or all the Infinity Stones back into the right time streams. The one that is missing is this Tesseract, right? It goes missing in that time stream, in that timeline. But we learn in this episode, it's like, oh, it's just a fucking paperweight, right? They have like a drawer full of these things and they don't care. So, like, that was one thing that was, like, I know it feels a little nippy, but I was like, well, that seemed like the driving force a lot in that movie. And then by this show, they're just like, fuck it, whatever. You've forgotten that part, so let's not worry about it. 
that was the one thing that kind of bothered me. Like, if you're saying that they're trying to fix the timeline stuff, like, <laughs> you're not starting at, at the right place for me. I think there's a lot of problems that originated from Avengers Endgame, and I don't know how they're going to fix them. Because Steve had to go back and return all of the stones back to where they came from at the moment they were taken, right? So mm-hmm. I guess their Tesseract that they used to defeat Thanos, he had to return it back to the army base, right? Because that's where they yeah. got it. They lost the Tesseract in 2012, which Loki, this Loki took. Yeah. So Steve had to return that, but he didn't fix that timeline. Yeah, because he doesn't have that Tesseract. That's the one that Loki yeah, has so, in his possession. Yeah, so wasn't the Ancient One like, you have to return all these stones yeah. or else you're going to fuck everything up? So maybe that's the result here that we're seeing right now. I have no idea. And then we're getting... <laughs> shit. Oh, we'll cut that out. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> now Sorry, we're getting I'm- a screener again. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut that out. Uh- <laughs> we're not going to cut it out. We're going to bleep it out. Okay, we'll bleep oh, okay, it out. Okay, no, we're going to cut it out. <laughs> But yeah, like, maybe that's where we're getting this variant that we're seeing. The really fun thing that I really loved after this episode was, like, the part Owen Wilson shows, like, all those different variants of Loki that we get to see. Mm-hmm. One looks like he's, like, hulked out, or one looks like, you know, um, I don't remember all the ones that we saw, but I thought that was really fun. But you're right, like, where are those coming from? And, like... Yeah. Apparently he he's been a trouble for the TVA like for, a for years <laughs> for a long time. So like yeah, where are these variants coming from? Like how what causes a variant? I guess I'm still a little confused. I'm sure I'm sure it'll explain more. So so this is the point. If you really don't want to learn anything about episode two, I guess this is maybe where you turn away. But so yeah, in in the second episode, we do see under the hood who that person is. Um, and we're not going to spoil it. We're not going to say anything. It's a good hook. At at least not a second time. We won't say it a second time. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. I'm curious. At the end of the first episode, did you guys think that it was Tom Hiddleston under there? The only reason I didn't think it was going to be Tom Hiddleston is that they didn't show that it was Tom Hiddleston. Because if it was, they would have shown him, right? And that would have been the the reveal, right? The, ooh, it's Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been fun to see Tom Hiddleston playing against himself. Yeah, but, like, they set up the expectation of you seeing Tom Hiddleston, right? Because they said it from the beginning, oh, it's another Loki. But the reveal is not quite what you would expect, which is all we'll say, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's fun. This, this show is just fun. I, I I like it a lot. I think the production values are incredible. The TVA is so well, like, thought out. It's got, like, this Kafka-esque brutalist architecture but it's also got like the 1960s retro futurism in it too it's fucking cool man i think uh the director and the production designer have done a really good job the director i think she's directed all the episodes her name's kate heron and the production designer name's kazra farahani it was a really good job with, with all this stuff. And, and I think all the costuming is fantastic. Like the jumpsuits for the TVA miscreants that Loki has to wear <laughs> the whole time. I think the, uh, the time agents have, have great costumes. It's, it's cool stuff. You know, and I, I kind of like that we're, I don't want to speak too soon, but we're kind of divorcing ourselves from Infinity War and Endgame and like the aftermath. I think we've seen so much stuff related to that. And I, I think it's nice to see 
a little more of like exploring the cosmic corners of the Marvel universe, you know, and or the weird, right? Yeah, like the weird. Yeah, the weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do love that both Endgame and this are now making Thor the Dark World like necessary viewing, and I just like fucking hate that Marvel is doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is this making? Thor the Dark World. What I would really want to see is... Oh, because of, uh, of, uh, of... The death of... The death of... I don't even know her name. <laughs> uh, of Thor and Loki's mom. Frigga. Yeah. Um, Frigga, thank you. Frigga, got it. I mean, in Endgame, like, Thor had to reconcile with that. And, like, it right, seems right, like right, right. partially, like, Loki has to in, in the first episode. And I would really love to see Rene Russo pop up in this series and, like, maybe have a moment where he has to reconcile with that. Because... I mean, Mo- Mobius is right, like, to bring up those emotions and say, like, hey, it is kind of your fault that you, you know, you led those people right to her. And, like, I, I would love to see that reconciliation moment between them two. Yeah. So may- maybe that- that'd be a surprise guest that we get to see um, in this series. Yeah. That was a great moment, though. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Loki's like, I never would do that. And then Mobius is like, well, you fucking did. You killed your mom. <laughs> Uh, good, good moments. And what's also great about the show is, like, the possibilities for this show are, like, endless. They could do yes. literally fucking anything. And, like, I'm just excited to see what they do. I think, uh, I think when your options are so open-ended, you're bound to be disappointed. But who knows? Maybe we won't be, you know? I'm definitely agree with you like there's a lot of different vibes i'm getting from this i'm getting you know like you said the white collar catch me if you can vibe doctor who vibes doctor who is definitely a big mm. big vibe that i'm getting off of this yeah. um, i mean the biggest thing i'm getting from doctor who is that uh, you guys i think we talked about this you guys don't watch doctor who right Mm-mm, not really so yeah. like the big thing about doctor who is that he is like this alien character that can regenerate but when he regenerates, he comes back as a different form. That's why we get like all these different actors and both male and female playing Doctor Who. And I think that show is already kind of hinting at it that we are going to see different versions of Loki. Just even based on the comics, there's a kid Loki. There is a lady Loki. Mm-hmm. I know that Richard E. Grant is in this show. So I'm hoping I mean, maybe he's old like an Loki. old Loki, old man Loki or whatever you want to call him. Old man Loki. I like that. Like, I would love to see like just different versions of Loki. Not not just like Tom Hiddleston, but like, you know, let's see like fucking Asian Loki. Let's see black Loki. Let's see Latinx Loki. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's so many different <laughs> possibilities that you can go with this that like, I, I would love to see like each episode we get like a different Loki, right? And like that—that's what we're those getting. Diversity right? quotas, just yeah. do it. <laughs> nice, just uh, do you, it. You said what I was thinking there. All in one character. Yeah, just one character. Never been done before. <laughs> That'd be fun if they got cool people to do it. Like they're just like, hey, yeah. do you come and be Loki for like two seconds. Fucking bring back Matt Damon. Wasn't he Loki in Thor Ragnarok for the yeah, play? Yeah, for Loki? the play. Yeah, there you Dude, go. Dude, bring exactly. him back for an no, episode. That'd, that'd be, be freaking that would awesome. That would be funny. I would like that. I, that's what I want to see is I want to see different people come in and just like get to play Loki for a little bit, right? Well, one thing I wanted to talk about, like, and we're getting to the whole speculation stuff again. Was there a line, and I might have missed it, where they talked about, I don't know if you guys remember, what happens when the timeline goes to red? When they said, like, the timeline streams veers off too much and then hits that red line. Didn't they say something to the effect it becomes too unstable and it becomes permanent, right? It's a permanent yeah. change in timeline? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So, like, my feeling is that by the end, that possibly could be a way that we are going to get this Loki back, right? That this becomes the main Loki in our timeline is that he causes something to basically hit red and he's he's so ingrained in that whatever he does that he becomes the main loki in the timeline right because technically this is still a variant right yeah so there's no loki existing right now right i mean technically no right there's no one for him to take the place of right no because if he took the place of whatever that loki was he would just end up still dying right in endgame i mean presumably if that's the way they want to go the time masters or whatever will you know like they're the ones who make up the timeline and say what's good and what's not so presumably he can convince them or calm them into rewriting him back into the plot as it were Right. right. I also was thinking about this. Like, I think the timekeepers is a lie. Yeah, I, was, I got that sense. I got right. that sense. Gugu Mbatha's character is like almost playing this person that's like the face of the timekeepers without the timekeepers actually maybe even existing anymore. Yeah, right? there's definitely something weird going on there, right? When oh, Wizard to, oh, I've of never Oz seen them type. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like a Wizard of Oz kind of. Reveal. They're doing something with that. I mean, I don't know anything about them from the comics, but these are comic book characters, right? They are. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff is from, like, 1960s Marvel or something, right? Maybe they'll pull a Mandarin. Yeah, they might. They might. I, I do think that, like, he's being told that he maybe he's going to get put back in the timeline by these timekeepers, but then the big reveal will be like, there are no timekeepers, we can't put you back, but then he figures, see, somehow, you know, he's Loki, he's going to figure out some way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I think. So, we... Didn't get too heavy on episode two. I mean, episode two feels a little bit more the same. We definitely get proper adventure with Mobius and Loki. We do get the reveal of who is under the hood, which I absolutely appreciate, right? Like the the thing I love most about this Loki show and why I think it's a little bit stronger than the last two is that it's it's moving at a great pace, right? Yeah, the pacing's great. The pacing's really great, especially for the amount of exposition in it, which is a lot. It feels not too expositiony. I, I, I think, I think it's done in a in a manner that it doesn't feel annoying or cumbersome, just because that lore is so interesting and it's something we've never seen in in the MCU, right? With yeah, with like the multiple timelines and parallel universes and like the whole TVA organization. It, it's cool stuff. So you want to learn more about it. So it doesn't feel so heavy handed when they try and explain stuff to you. But yeah. but yeah, you're right. The second episode does lean more into the procedural aspects of the show, where like they're investigating mysteries and like what the variant is up to and like all these things. It's it's interesting and I, I do like that aspect of the show and yeah, I, I, I think it's well done. Amir, do you have any thoughts on the second episode? Uh, um yeah, it, I mean it, it kinda goes I guess the way you think it would from everything we've talked about and i guess we can't talk too too much about about the little details right but yeah it was it, it, it was fun i i enjoyed it I don't, know, I don't have too much more to add about what you guys uh what you guys have already said there i'm interested to see how the rest of it goes if you like the chemistry between tom hiddleston and owen wilson you just get a lot more of it in the second episode i would appreciate hopefully moving forward you know, with the last couple episodes that we get more of the Gugumbothra character, more of the one mm-hmm. Saku character. Like, I think the second episode does focus more on, like, the dynamic between Owen Wilson's character and, you know, Loki. 
so hopefully moving forward we'll get more of the other surrounding characters because i do want to yeah. learn more about like the other people that are at the tba and what they're about well me masaku does get a little bit more to do in the second episode you're right yes yeah, she does she does yeah for the first episode she felt a little thin yeah i didn't realize she was going to be a character yeah Considering how strong of an actress she is, like, I want to see a lot more of her. Mm-hmm. I thought she was incredible in his house last year. She was really good in Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, too. Yeah. She's, she's a great actress. And so is Gugumbaka Raw, so I want to see more of that. Circling back, though, do you guys think we'll get Mephisto? Because Mephisto had a little cameo in the first did, episode, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the, I... in the church no. scene. No, I really don't no. want... Uh, I don't need to be speculating about that dude anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Give us him or don't. Just like, just stop teasing it. They've been teasing you since WandaVision. You're over it yeah. now. You're not biting anymore. I'm not bitter about it at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I actually want to mention is... Now we are starting to understand how Marvel is going to run these shows. It seems like they have a series director and a series head writer, right? Both WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier both had the same writer and director throughout the whole series. And we are getting the same thing here, right? We're getting the series director being Kate Heron and um, the series head writer, I think, is Michael Waldron. Mm-hmm. But what is interesting about Michael Waldron is that he is, was also brought on to, I believe, do the rewrites for Multiverse of Madness, the mm-hmm. next Doctor Strange movie. So it's, it's interesting that there are heavy, heavy elements of multiverse things happening in this show and then that being the multiverse of madness and i think kevin feige has talked about it being kind of like all tied together you know like it, we've gotten multiverse stuff in in the scarlet witch so it is interesting to see that the the same writer is now working on two different big properties that are coming very soon for marvel hopefully help to write that through line right like hopefully there will be a, a, a pretty good connection between the two properties of of loki and and, and doctor strange um, what's also interesting is that Michael Waldron also is was hired by Kevin Feige to write the Star Wars movie that he's producing. So Kevin Feige really likes this guy. Hopefully this turns out well and hopefully we like it because if we don't, then you're going to get a lot more of him very soon. Still stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you better like him. I do think that the way they treat these miniseries or limited series of having a single director and a single writer is a mistake. I think treating each show as a six-hour or eight-hour movie rather than a TV show, I think, is a little misguided. I think... Really? Interesting. I think it makes the pacing off because you don't have individual arcs that pay off within the episode as much, of like a, mm. as much as like a regular TV show. And in the end, it really does just feel like a six to eight hour movie. And I think with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I felt that the most. Yes, that was Mm. the most egregious in that, I think. I don't feel it as much here. I think WandaVision had the benefit of being like stuck in those sitcoms, right? So it felt like contained in a way. But you're right. Falcon and Winter Soldier, it didn't work. It didn't work. I think as like this episodic thing that we watch week by week, I think it would have worked better if let's say someone watched that as like maybe two, three hour showings or whatever they, you know what I mean? Or maybe sat down and watched the whole thing at once. But I agree with you. I think, and I, we've already talked about that. I think the pacing for this is better because it mm-hmm. does feel a little bit more like a TV show. Cause like, especially like the first episode, we got the big thing that draw you in was like, 
it's Loki, right? Loki's hunting Loki. And then the second episode, it's like, oh, we, we get the reveal, you know, who that person is. So, like, it's like almost more like traditional TV where we get like a hook to kind of keep us drawn in and keep us talking and keep us wanting more. Um, I feel like we didn't get that as much in some of the other Marvel series. Yeah, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier, like you said, I think just really missing that three-act structure for all the episodes. Or like, you know, we had a beginning, a middle, and the end. Even like shows that are serialized, each episode does have that structure to give the viewer some semblance of like story, you know? Like a contained story within that episode. And Falcon and Winter Soldier really was missing that at some points. But but yeah, this is this is better. Uh this show is definitely better about about giving us that. I think all of us are at least after the first two episodes, you know, a little bit higher on this than the other series. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Like if they, I love time travel stuff. So if they kind of keep sticking with this stuff, I'm I'm already going to love Loki. Yeah, I love time travel stuff. I love multiverse stuff. So like, this is like two in one. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, but. Um, and I love Tom Hiddleston. So <laughs> it, gives them, it gives them a chance to do a lot of really fun, imaginative stuff. Yeah. So excited for it. I'd like to see uh, Crimson Peak Loki or like Kong Skull <laughs> Island Loki. That might be cool. <laughs> the guy who throws the grenades into the mouth of the monster. Yeah. Bring Brie Larson back. <laughs> yeah. Too, you know? All right. Well, I guess if that's all for the first two episodes of Loki, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at strangeharbors. Uh, speaking of which, I think I need to go back and change my rankings and ratings for Falcon and Winter Soldier and <laughs> WandaVision. Liking them a lot less now that you think about it? I, You know what? I think my first reviews, I mean, it's always been like the first two episodes. I think with WandaVision, it was the first three. And I do make that disclaimer in the beginning and like the header of, of the article and say like, oh, this is just the first three episodes. No, 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 Jeff. You you are part of internet culture. You your word stands for eternity. Like well, you fuck can't, off, because I watch the I watch the rest of the show, and I need to go back and give people an update onto like where these shows drop the ball. Also, time, right? Like any reviewer, critics like really under the pressure at times, like get something out as soon as possible, or right. like, really based off first impressions, but like. My opinion of movies change over days, over weeks, over years. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it never stays the same. So it's just really sometimes it's like, but you said this about this. It's like, ugh, get yeah, over it. I, like, I, I do think the grades that I gave WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think, which I both gave a B plus to, really still stand for like the first three episodes of WandaVision and the first two for for Falcon. I think they do stand, and and I, I do think they're very strong episodes, and I think the B-plus range is probably right, but I think, as a whole, I don't think it would be that high The B-plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but anyway, where can people find you, Amir? On the pod. <laughs> no, I was going to say an abandoned time stream, but also on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> He's a variant that we're going to get rid of soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Two-man two podcast next week. <laughs> what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at the wrong day, day spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. 
If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, anything you'd like to add to the episode about the first two episodes of Loki, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like to uh, get listener mail and read our fan mail, so feel free to send that over at jeff at strangeharbors.com. With that, that'll be the end of this episode, and we will see you guys next week. See you next week. See you guys then.